oh, the breath work yesterday was wild. Like, um, yeah, I think I got – I had to do mine a bit differently because I had some stuff pop up in it for me. And, um, yeah, I lost my basket. Like, came to a realisation that um, that I, I genuinely loved all the brothers in this movement and then realised that I actually didn't love myself. Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live – to your highest order in business and in life. Now, if you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. Ronnie, good to have you here, brother. Always, brother. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me on the pod. So, man, how, how long have you been with Rising Kings? Uh, I think bang on a year. Touch yeah, over here. I think year. I joined up May last year. What's what's the world like now? It's a much more vivid world. I'm a much more vivid person as well. It's um, yeah, pretty wild ride. Where, where was life before? Uh, life before was a like a long, um, intense cycle of sort of um, self-destructive tendencies, distractions into meaningless stuff, mm. avoiding the big lever-moving tasks in in my life as a whole, and in sort of bettering myself as a whole. So um, yeah, just a, a life of distractions, changing from job to job. Um, you know, but that's in my nature a bit as well. So. Yeah, were you in search of something? I was in search of my purpose, like everybody seems to be, but um, I've only just come to realise that if you keep searching for your purpose, you actually miss out on the ride you're having at the time. So, hey, mate, Kangaroo Island. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> Beautiful oh, part of the world. It's paradise, yeah. Um, it's a land before time. So, come and visit, but don't stay too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> Otherwise, you become one of us. Yeah. No, it's a special place. Um, it's remote. Uh, that's sort of the blessing and the curse. Like it makes you slow down and think about what you really need. But like a lot of people over there, you live there and you still end up living the rat race, running around everywhere like a mad bastard trying to get a million things done when you actually don't have to, which is one of the things I finally learnt um, about a month or two before Rising Kings came across my feed was that I didn't want to live that rat race life anymore despite the fact that i was still doing it and planning a business that was going to be twofold what that was so it's yeah it's been a journey of letting go of a lot of those things that i thought i wanted um which yeah some of them come with pride and some of them come with like trying to prove yourself as a like as a pretty different individual like there's a lot of a lot more pressure that you put on yourself to be at this elevated standard now how like is that that just been part of your life like since yeah. you were young, you sort of felt that way? Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a different cat and um, tried to fit in, I suppose, in my own way. Um, and, yeah, that comes with sort of doing multiple trades and multiple personalities and yeah. doing that chameleon thing. Yeah. Um, but I suppose the something that I've learned very recently is instead of being a chameleon, you're better off being a peacock. Yeah. Like just really friggin' shine and do your thing and who gives a shit about the rest of it? Mm. I think I saw a good analogy yesterday. Somebody said, "There's a." It was, they weren't talking about me. They were talking about themselves. They're as uh, confused as a chameleon in a ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> confused as a chameleon in a ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> so and true. yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. Like you try to pull all of these, and I've noticed, like for years, you can assimilate very easily into any situation. Like you can fit in, but that's that's not true to yourself. Do you, do you think you're saying there between like these peaks and troughs of, you know, um, you know, drinking and boozing and partying and all those sorts of things, do you, do you think that ties in with that whole trying to fit in chameleon, you know, we as men get lost, we're kind of confused, 
So we turned to, you know, numbing out tools. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was also a um, cyclic um, routine of depression and anxiety as well. So those numbing tools are very good at putting mushrooms in a cupboard pretty much. Like you close the door, but the bastards will just keep growing, um, you know, until you nip them off at the bud, they're just going to keep getting stronger. So, but it's, it's the easiest way to push your problems aside for a little bit. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why we as men struggle with that. It's, um, it's easier to keep them in the cupboard. You don't want to show it to your friends. So, how, yeah. how, have, you, how have you worked through that for yourself? Um, by deciding to give myself permission to be, to be happy. And that, was, that was a pretty pivotal moment um, to actually tell myself that I deserve more. And then, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I deserve this, but it's another thing to actually do the frigging work because um, it's a hard road. It's, it is work um, and it's, you know, you have to be selfish is what everybody else thinks, but you're actually being selfless in a way. What, what are some of the things that you've specifically done to get that, that level of clarity? So Rising Kings introduced me to a whole new regime of stuff. Like prior to that, I'd never done any physical training, um, never done cold showers, you know. <laughs> um yeah, never journaled. I tried meditating once or twice but didn't have the intrinsic sort of accountability to like force myself to do that on a daily basis. You know, I had these routines that I probably served my body in a way but didn't really serve my mind because I was in a cycle where I didn't really care what my mind was going through. It was just work and follow the bouncing ball and do what you're expected to do as a as a um, as a son and as a commonplace person which wasn't true to wasn't true to my um identity so yeah exercise has been huge um you know these old sayings like healthy mind healthy body all that friggin jazz um the old timers had it right we just sort of need somebody else to tell us again (laughs) and again and again yeah yeah but for me big triggers were definitely fitness and um that discipline um Mm. control cold exposure so regardless of all the all the hard truths about it in neuroscience, like just that basic thing of doing something really fucking uncomfortable that you know is good for you, but you still don't want to do it every morning. It's just building this mental muscle, which is resilience in a way. Like if you can do that little thing first thing every morning, makes doing those bigger things that are uncomfortable but good for you, like facing your fears and um, pushing through anxious moments, then that's a huge win. Do you feel that's helped like with, anxiety you know like you're saying you go through bouts of anxiety and depression like when you're being disciplined and challenging yourself and getting out of the comfort zone and in the work that it helps alleviate yeah some of these pieces yeah for sure um and i've started uh one of my biggest fears is always being seen and being vulnerable being seen um what what, what do you get worried about being seen just that uh my identities or covers will be seen, you know, Um, unless I'm, you know, an authority on something. I've never been comfortable talking in public, you know. That's just part of my my makeup, like my neurodivergence and some of my habits that I've stacked on top of that. But once again, that's a fear and that's something I'm working on with with, um, moving into like working in live music, which is something I'm very grateful for as well. Yeah, how's that been, man? Like getting up on stage and... Singing in front of people like that—that that, that must test you on some 
some deep levels. It's the scariest fucking thing I can think of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just about. Um, That's awesome, man. Like to put yourself into that, right? Yeah. Like, did, did you do it for that? Like to challenge yourself? It's one of the reasons, yeah. And I'm very, very grateful to have a lovely brother who has seen that it's one of the things I needed and kept encouraging me, mm. especially when I told him what I did when he first asked me to start going into that space. What did you tell him? Get fucked. <laughs> I'll never, ever <laughs> fucking sing. Go and eat a bag of wow. Yeah, yes. wow. In those words. <laughs> that's, that's yes. exactly and I think I've told him a few times. <laughs> but luckily for um, me, maybe not the audience, he's a very calm and persistent man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could, you could see what it could do for you. Yeah, yeah. I, and I firmly believe that's a very powerful tool for anybody who is mm. in any way musically inclined, which I think we all are. Fundamentally, like it's such a lineage and culturally based thing that it can be one of those integral steps towards self-growth and, and healing and connecting with vulnerability and realizing that it's not a weakness. It's, it's, a, um, it's a tool and it's, it's a very powerful tool when used selectively. And so do you feel different like when you get out on stage and you go through a set and then you finish like talk me through like what, what's the feeling off the back of that? So get to a gig and I just want to walk away. <laughs> so you know, there's high, high resistance as you go oh, into yeah. it? Yeah, there's high yeah. resistance when somebody asks me if I like to book something. I'm like, no, I'm busy that day. I've got sticks to put in my eyes or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a good hole somewhere to dig. <laughs> but yeah, then you sort of remind yourself that you're really grateful for the position that you're in and that you've done the work and that you've earned that and in that room – when you get there, you're the only person that has worked that frigging hard to do that thing. And that it's not about you. It's about performing like people are there to be entertained. So you're you're giving, you're like you're serving and you know, if you do it well enough, somebody will be entertained. <laughs> you feel amazing after? Like Yeah, yeah. Like the fear sweat is a very real thing. Like you just Yeah. But it's it's cool. Like you've faced the dragon again. And again and again. And it, I'd like to say it gets easier, but I think it doesn't. You just get stronger. Yeah. And that's with a lot of the challenge that, are, that I see men going through. Yeah. Um, you know, and those lessons through music, they can easily be converted to lessons through anything else that, that modern men are going through. What, what do you think is our biggest challenge as modern day men? Like how, how do you see it? Like what, what, what's, what's really going on? I think the world is changing at a very like, unfathomably rapid rate and we've come up, you know, with, with these, some of us with old school sort of um, traditions and others with like a blend of old and new and we're trying to impart this onto our, onto our, kid, onto our kids or our you know, extended family and we just don't know where we sit. Like to be a positive masculine force today isn't always seen as a healthy thing. People just shrug it off and I've always been one of them like you alpha male dickhead like yeah. settle down <laughs> yeah. we're driving that big truck around for <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate <laughs> um but yeah it's like that toxic masculinity thing is it's a character type that people throw on anybody that is out there training in the morning that is out there striving to be better so there's there's an automatic resistance for that for guys like myself um so yeah I suppose we're in a we're in a turbulent time um, and the natural inclination as a man is to not show weakness, 
because that's something that we are naturally ashamed of. It's something we've been brought up to be. Like it's, you can't cry in public. You can't cry around your mates. If you cry at a funeral, that's weak, you know, which luckily for me was something that it was a friend's mum told me at a, at a funeral when I was like 10 or something, you know. That they said don't don't cry. No, um, her cry. son was crying, and I was I was like bewildered. Like we were freaking ten, right? It's a funeral, and she's just calmly come up to me and said, "Look, it's okay for blokes to cry." I was like, "All right, cool." It's you know, it's all right for somebody to tell you that when you're a kid, but then you still carry the rest of that shit that people throw on you as you grow up. It's like, nah, we've got to be tough. We've got to beat our chests in in the face of every adversity. Do you see? Do you see a lot of it? Like, do you see it, you know, people that you come across in your world, like men sort of suffering through this type of stuff? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and, you know, you see that stuff and you feel, and I always have had more empathy than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you do feel in, like obliged, well, I do, to help if it's if it's welcomed or if they want it or even if you can – you know, throw a sideways comment in there to make them at least think about their day, which may get a ball rolling for them. Um, and, yeah, like I think realistically most blokes will do that if they see somebody in that position, like especially today with the, the growing awareness around, um, you know, I say men's struggles in Australia, but we've got it pretty bloody good regardless of the blowing out, like regardless of the statistics that we see. Um yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in a position that I've got this awareness of what I've been through and what I've seen other guys in the Brotherhood, like in the Rising Kings Brotherhood, go through. I'm grateful that I can help. Has it changed your perception? You know, like you were saying before, like around alpha males and that sort of stuff that, you know, like being a part of Rising Kings and, you know, how we operate in here, like to show, showing, you know, men that it's not alpha male isn't just you know like we're not alpha males just because we train and exercise mm. and that sort of thing like there's there's love and connection in there as well like is, yeah, have yeah. you seen a different perception of it through going through Rose absolutely and, and to be like full disclaimer when I first joined up I was like fuck this is like a group of alpha males <laughs> and I've done? always <laughs> deliberately distanced myself from that like off to the side I'm like just never be my box of frogs but. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you want more sayings, I'll start a pot of my own, mate. <laughs> no, and yeah, it has changed my perception. Like it's. But did you realize very, like it's not not yeah, alpha males? Absolutely, like it's, it's it's not a it's, it's just not a perception. cult of alpha males. It's a, <laughs> it's a cult of um a brotherhood of wonderful wonderful guys from all different walks of life. Like we're at this adventure weekend, and we've got a a um. A car park store owner like looking to expand into something amazing we've got world-class builder we've got a world-class chef we've got a paramedic yeah. like one of the most giving people on the planet um a store owner that left before and a cult leader yeah. across the table from me like <laughs> the lizard yeah like and this is just you know seven of of the brotherhood like it's and everybody's been through their own own journeys and struggles and all walks of life it's such a cool thing to be a part of so not all alphas, no. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is cool, like the diversity of it all. Yeah. And even, you know, like what, what came up for you yesterday, you know, through the breath work. Oh, the breath work yesterday was wild. Like, um, yeah, I think I got I had to do mine a bit differently. 
because I had some stuff pop up in it for me. And um, yeah, I lost my basket. Like, came to a realization that um, that I, I genuinely loved all the brothers in this movement, and then realized that I actually didn't love myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a that was a big journey um, to sort of that I've got a lot more work to do there in owning, really owning and, and flying my weird flag high. And only by doing that properly can I properly love and accept myself. Yeah. And once I can do that really properly, then everybody else around me and, you know, the ripple effect is immense. And how you know? does it feel like when you, when, you, when you start to come to that realisation, like just owning you, your space, who you are? It's like, shit, I've got a shitload more work to do now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a bushka doll, like you just keep opening them up, but they get <laughs> <Yeah>. bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Like it's, I, this is the next big project. Mm. So add it, add it to the list, but it sort of goes to the forefront because those realizations, like, I, you know, there's a genuine energy that's been here this weekend and especially um, during that breathwork session, like a genuine en- energy between all the brothers that was pretty wild. Like you could feel everybody was just really just doing their thing and being themselves um, is a pretty beautiful thing. Because it's a pretty common thread, isn't it? Like, it, do you see it as well, like in terms of, you know, one's own self-worth? Like, we're, we're mm. very good at seeing the amazingness in everyone around us except except for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, a, it's our biggest battle. Yeah, yeah. You're always your biggest critic. Um, when in reality, you have to be your biggest cheerleader as well yeah. with – with an element of critic, otherwise you'd just be a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what? Where, where's the future lead for Ronnie? Future for me, um, working more on personal branding and really doing a pivot on that to really lean into myself more for that. Um, yeah, more work on myself to a point where I am comfortable to really guide others through the same sort of stuff regardless of the format that I use. But, yeah, it's just um, working myself to be a better person, a better father, better all-round human. Yes. Yeah. Talk to us. You, you got a little little fella? Yeah, Roland. Yeah, he's two. Two. He's a legend. How's that feel? Like, how's it feel to be a dad? It's unreal. Like, we were told 10 or 12 years ago that we would never conceive, um, just, like, medical reasons and – so we'd come to grips with that. You know, it was an impossibility. We'd had friends that had gone through immense troubles with IVF. It's just not our bag. So that's cool. Um, you move on and you always have those little niggles. Oh, I'd be, you know, it'd be cool to have, have a kid and have a family. And then he just came completely out of the blue. Like, like the best things happen when you're not looking. Yeah. We weren't trying. We weren't not trying because there was no point yes. not trying sort of thing. Um, yeah, out of the blue, and he's such a bloody gift. Yeah, he's cool. It really, because I'm 37 now, like, and it really turned my perception of the world on its head. And it's disgusting with one of the brothers this morning about how you appreciate just how amazing those little things are again. So you walk through the backyard and there's a beetle, but he just loses his shit, you know. Um, yeah, it's cool. And it really gives you an appreciation for what your parents went through as well. Um, Do you feel it's changed you as a person? Yeah, yeah. We've had to, and I've realised in the past, I've been selfish, not in a good way with my time, like just wasting time on, you know, um, like gaming and drinking and 
doing useless hobbies. Not useless hobbies, like stuff that I thought was I was loving, um, like building random shit. But yeah, it was quite selfish ways to use my time. And now you have to be, we don't have to, you want to be a lot more giving. Like, well, how can I repurpose this time so we both get something out of it? And it's a, it's a give and take thing. And what, what do you think your role is as a father? Like what's, what's your, your understanding of how, how do I be the best dad? Legacy, yeah, which isn't, it isn't assets. It's not, a, it's not something you can, you can hold or, or look at data for. It's, it's legacy. It's real impact in the world and it's the impact that he leaves in the world and honouring the impact that my, my parents and their parents wanted of them and of myself. So it's, yeah, just uh, being the shepherd to, to create a, or allow a, um, a beautiful soul to, to do their thing. How do you nurture that? Like, how do you feel, you know, for a guy who might be listening that might be struggling as a father to, to, to figure out, well, what's my role here? Like, how does one nurture nurture their children in that in that vein? I think the art of surrender is one of the biggest things. Like, you have to let go of projecting your wants onto, onto them. And my father and I had this discussion. Um, it's amazing how that, you know, have, having your own children opens up these dialogues that you'd never thought about before. So my dad and I have always had a good relationship. We had this discussion a little while ago that, and this was through some of the Rising Kings work when I think dad said something like, you're not working, why aren't you working as much? I'm like, I've worked my ass off on multiple jobs and studying full-time whilst working full-time since I was 18 and it has served me nothing. I've got a heap of random skills, like more skilled than most people I know, but what have I really got for it? And he, yeah, it hit him pretty hard. And he just said, I'm sorry, that's that's on me. I taught you to work. Man, he, you, that, that your dad said that. Yeah. He, he was that, he's that aware. Of, yeah, wow, from that generation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And look, to all credit, mum and dad worked their asses off. They came from big families. They studied hard and worked and hustled. And um, yeah, and maybe he felt that he had pushed that mentality on me and I, I absorbed it too hard perhaps um but yeah then then it went into the dialogue of um you can read the best parenting books in the world and take advice from the best influences and all of that jazz and you're still going to interpret it in a different way and deliver it in a different way and children aren't aren't tabula rasa they're not a they're not a blank slate they already come out with their personalities so you're there to be a shepherd not an engineer so you surrender somewhat to what their interests and personalities are. But conversely, my grandma, um, dad's mum, she was an amazing woman, as is my other grandma. But, um, shout out to the grandmas. Yeah, shout out to grannies. If, they, if you're listening on how to be a better man, like there's still time. <laughs> we have the medicine. <laughs> but no, grandma said they, they come into your life, not the other way around. So you do have to have your life as well. You can't completely give yourself to something because that that something will become totally dependent on you if you do that as well and you'll have a shit time it tends to end in resentment too yes yes you have to do things for you unless you genuinely love it you'll down the track you'll be like well, you i gave all this up for you yes daddy never had a ram because he was too busy putting food on your yeah. plate you know <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> now, that's awesome well thanks brother thanks for making the time to jump on here thank you sharing your story and Looking forward to coming to Kangaroo Island, brother. Do it. There's always a bed. Hanging out 
with the Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Come and suss it out. <laughs> no. Thanks, brother. Thanks, heaps, brother. And for what you do, it's truly like it's a bloody beautiful movement. Um, and to the rest of the brothers that may or may not be listening, like. Yeah. Shout out to the brothers. Big love. Big love. Peace. So, brother, thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. If you want to know more about Rising Kings, the methodology, the system, and how we do it, I highly recommend you register for one of our upcoming Rising Kings masterclasses. You can do this by heading to risingkings.com.au forward slash masterclass. 